Take me home, Midland Road, to the place I belong, to the valley, to see the city. Take me home, Midland Road. Okay, welcome along to the latest edition of A Season with Bradford City. We are joined again by my good friend, Jason McEwen. Jason, it feels to me, and I haven't got a lot of hair anyway, it feels like we've had three seasons in one. I don't know how you feel. <laughs> yeah, it really does, doesn't it, really? Um, I mean, so much has happened and it's only early December. And crikey, you know, four different managers have basically had a go at it. Um, we've had different playing styles. We've had really different periods of results. And yeah, it's just <laughs> been a crazy season, really. I feel like I've aged quite a bit. Graham Alexander, then. Let's, let's look at how he's kind of p- performed so far, because I'd really be interesting to get your thoughts on it. You and I, uh, as we just sort of kind of said off recording, then were there at the Barnsley EFL Cup, which on paper sounded and looked like a bit of a dead rubber because both teams had qualified. But actually, there was some great value in that because I think following the the sort of second half performance against Notts County, it was kind of it felt like a turning point and really where he established or sort of re-established, if you like, that. That formation, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. I think that first game and a half, really, with Alexander, I was pretty worried, to be honest, because <laughs> we you know, put that four four two formation and almost like, this is how I'm going to play. And, and the fact that you didn't really have the personnel to do that almost didn't seem to, you know, didn't seem to be thinking about it, really, especially when he played it again against Notts County after it didn't work well against Barrow. And 4-0 down at half-time against Notts County, I was angry. I think every City fan was angry. Not not so much with Alexander, but the way the whole season was going. But you did look at it and think that, crikey, you know, as a manager, does he really think this is the best way to set up the team with the personnel that he's got? Um, but since that moment, obviously, second half was better at Notts County and there was something to build on there. And then, as you say, we went to that Barnsley game, which there was not a lot to play for that night, really. But you saw the team he picked. It was a very strong team. You saw the formation that carried on from Notts County. And, you know, we were quite close to the dugout that night, me and you were, we were listening to... Yeah the things Alexander was saying and the way he was managing that game. And it felt very much like this is the game we're taking incredibly seriously. It's really important. And this is not just about tonight. It's about the weeks ahead, really. And, and we've seen that since then, really, you know, in terms of the personnel, um, the formation and the whole tactical approach has has continued that way. And, and it's obviously proven to be very successful so far. Four straight victories, 13 goals, I think it is. And looking really, really good form. Players are, are starting to look look their old selves again, show what they're capable of. And it looks like a manager now who understands the hand he's got there and he's playing the playing the best that he can with that. And um, it's much more encouraging. And you've got to credit him, haven't you, Jace, I think? Because he's come in, obviously, two or three months into the season. There was a an initial style sort of introduced by Hughes. He spent his time over the summer recruiting for that said style, whether it's three or five at the back. We can argue that one all day. And then he's come in, he's gone for that four four two, but he's actually he's he's made quite a I won't say brave, but it's well maybe it is a brave decision. He, he he's gone back to something that many of the supporters didn't think was right, but he's done it in his own way, hasn't he? Yeah, I think if you look back at Hughes at the start of the season, obviously wanting to play three at the back and two up front, um, and you looked at that and you thought, well, you know, that's that, that's quite a good potential way to go forward when other teams have done that, but it wasn't working. And then he went back to the four-two-three-one, and it was almost like with the players we had, that was kind of the, the best formation we could play. Alexander came in and very much from day one says, "I want to play two up front," and you almost felt is he not digging his own grave, but kind of setting out his soul a bit too early without realizing that he didn't necessarily have 
two good strikers that could do that. But he stuck to that and he's found a way with the three at the back to play much more attack-minded a 3-5-2. And I think, you know, we, we run some stats this week on, on Woodford Post just looking at kind of comparing the, the recent results and the way we've gone about doing things um, with, with early in the season. And it's a very different approach, much more direct, uh, more counter-attacking, high press, getting the ball up as quick as possible, more shots on goal. So it's a very different approach to what we saw at the start of the season from Mark Hughes, where it was too cautious, too timid, there was no risk being taken. And and so far, it's working really well. I'd be interested to see long-term if he thinks that's what he wants to do or if it's very much a pragmatic, it'll, it'll be okay for now and we'll get the results we need. And then January, when he's already talked about signing four or five players in January, whether he'll like to do something different at that point when he can get the right personnel in. But in terms of looking at what have I got as a squad, what can I do to get the best out of it and also not completely sacrifice my own principles, I think what we've seen so far has been really encouraging. If the listeners can hear a heater going on and off they'd be absolutely right to think it was that so if there is a line because i'm absolutely freezing let me tell you i cannot feel <laughs> i feel like i'm sat i feel like i'm doing this from the cop um <laughs> how do players then so people like players like who are, i like got a lot of time for bobby Poynton, uh kevin mcdonald who who i think we've seen in flashes while he's been on the pitch the impact he can have with his experience and his sort of reading of the game obviously did a a decent job as well when he stepped in as, as the temporary manager as well. But how do players like a Bobby Poynton or a Kevin McDonald get back into this into this starting eleven? It's quite a specific system, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult. I mean, McDonald, there's probably more opening for him, you would say, because Smallwood and Gilead have been playing very well in the centre, but, you know, an injury or two away or suspension and McDonald potentially gets back in there or if either of them lose form, which we've seen in the past. I think for Poynton, it's probably a little bit harder because the system isn't necessarily built for what are his strengths at this moment in time. So it's going to be probably one way. It's, you know, he's made some great forward progress this season, without a doubt, and he must be delighted with the way his season has gone overall compared to what he might have expected. But he's almost got to take that step back at this moment in time and see how that pans out. And, and like I say, if we get to January and he, and he has long-term beliefs in the four-four-two and bringing in players that can work that system better so that it does work, that might be a point then when Poynton could come back in and, and be more in contention. But I think at this 3-5-2 at the moment, especially with other players coming back from injury, um, people like Harry Chapman too and, and Alex Patterson. I forgot Patterson. It's very difficult, yeah, yeah, it's very difficult for Poynton, I think, at this moment in time. But I, I think the main thing is don't be downhearted. You know, he's going to have these ups and downs. We We can see what he's all about. But I think we've also got to manage him in the right way as well. And it's very easy to put him in that team week in, week out and expect him to be the, the most important player on the pitch when at his age right now, that's you know that's quite a lot to ask. And I think that for now, he should be sat on the sidelines looking at the game, observing the game and hopefully learning from that. And then when he does get the opportunity again, which he absolutely will do, be ready to take that. Interesting there. We mentioned players like Patterson, uh, Chapman, yeah. Poynton, McDonald. That's quite a squad. There's, there's three or four players there, you know, in, in itself for League Two that are just are not guaranteed to start. Because of that, do you think promotion is still very much up for grabs if if Alexander can continue this forward momentum? I mean, we're five points off the playoffs, aren't we? And we've got over half a season to go. So it would be very silly to kind of write that off at this moment in time and say that that's not a possibility. I still think it will be quite a challenge. Um, we've got a bit of ground to make up there. And, and although we've been in very good form recently, there are some caveats in the terms of the opposition we played, like, for example, Forest Green, who are down at the bottom, um, and we've got some harder games to come. So I think it's still going to be a bit of a challenge to get up there, but but absolutely we should be have the ambition to look for that and, and be aiming for that because, you know, this is... For Bradford City, we are the, the biggest club in, in League Two. 
whether people like that or not. And we should always be pushing to, to go for promotion. We obviously reached the playoffs last season. Disappointment, massive disappointment when we missed out there. But I, I think another season of not really competing and struggling near the bottom in the bottom half of the table will not be great for support numbers, for morale and, and taking into the years, the years that follow. So I think there's got to be a real push to go for it. That, um, and accept that we, although we have got a bit of ground to make up there, especially over the Christmas period, if we can keep this momentum going, it, you know, it really does open up potentially. So we've just got to got to keep going and see where it takes us. But equally, let's not get too carried away at this moment in time because ultimately, as, as we talked today, we're 14th in League Two. Absolutely. Yep, no, absolutely. Mark Hughes has, has spoken this week um, on, on another football podcast about his time at Bradford City. On reflection now and, and having seen what, what, what you have, particularly with Undergram and do you think it was the right decision to, to part company with Mark Hughes? It's a hard one for me still. I think... Personally, I, I would have liked to have seen him given more time. I think that there was, I mean, he talked this week on the podcast that, you know, they, there's a first time back-to-back defeat since December, which is... I didn't realise that. It was a good point, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, we, I mean, we'd been unbeaten in six games, albeit it wasn't great. And obviously there's some really underwhelming performances like the Harrogate home game, Grimsby, etc. So it wasn't like things... Yeah, exactly. The, the Walsall and Tramier is when it escalated. And it was only two defeats, really. And then you got the sack. But I think the big thing that counted against him was the support reaction. You know, yeah. We saw it at games... Um, right from the Harrogate game and, and you know, Morecambe before that just real kind of the crowd that turned on him really weren't angry and, and the tram in that away in that night in his final game yeah. it was incredibly ugly and I think because of that you kind of have to sometimes go with the majority of what what everyone thinks and kind of go with what's, what we think is right for, as a fan base and because of that I completely accept personally that it was time for Mark Hughes to leave it wasn't a healthy situation for, for him to kind of get that kind of anger and frustration and I've not seen that level in, in any manager I don't think in nearly 30 years supporting Bradford City but I still think it was a little bit harsh and a little bit unlucky um, and you know just just a real shame really because there's a lot of what Hughes did over his over his, his time at the club right now it feels a bit raw still and everyone will talk about it negatively still but I think yeah. in time we will look back on the Mark Hughes era and think that was actually pretty decent and we did make some good progress and there was a lot to like about the football club at that point in time. If only he'd let the handbrake off. <laughs> that was his <laughs> biggest downfall, unfortunately. Um, but having said that, we're in a good position now with Alexander in and, and I think we just need to look forward now. Or one player that really feels like he's, he's starting to establish himself in that starting eleven is Tyler Smith. What are your thoughts on the impact he's made, especially since, I guess, Graham Alexander's taken over? Yeah, I've got to hold my hands up to be honest and... I, I was wrong about him. Uh, my, my initial impressions of him were not great at the start of the season. I saw someone who obviously had come down from Hull City, a decent pedigree there, and, and played at a high level. And I was just really disappointed with him early doors. I just thought his work rate wasn't great. He wasn't really particularly involved in the build-up play, almost just waiting for the opportunity to come his way. And I think at this level, I don't think you can carry a player like that, really. I don't think you could be successful that way. So even in his first game of Alexander, when he scored, and Mr. City obviously that day, I was still very much thinking that he's not the answer and he's not the solution. But since that point, and again, it comes back to the bands again that we talked about um, what we saw that night in terms of Alexander very much on his case that evening to make, to and he kept, just kept shouting gamble at Smith, didn't he, that night? Yeah. Um, to, to, you know, when, when the ball went up to Cook and Cook's clicking on, on the he's ready to be alive, we run into space. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's been, um, that's what's been impressive about now is he's come alive and he's working much harder. He's doing lots of really good stuff off the ball and he's getting the rewards for that. And there's a real partnership felt forming there with him and Cook. And it's got echoes for as long as serving City fans of, of the James Hansen, Naki Wells in terms of big man, little man, making those kind of runs, gambling, seasonal mistakes. And, you know, eight goals in eight games, I think it is absolutely fantastic achievement. And, you know, long may that continue and fair play to him because he has 
like I say, probably not just my opinion, but other people as well. I think he's really turned that around and he's doing a really good job. And, and he's, he's certainly a good example of Alexander's coaching ability and what he can do because he's certainly got a tune out of him. And do you think what, he's, what Alexander's done there, Jason, is do you think he just simplified things? Yeah, I think purpose is probably the big thing you've seen that in each player now, when they get the ball, it's very clear what they're expected to do, whether it's a centre-half who needs to lock it, lock it longer, whether it's Richie Smallwood driving it further forwards. Obviously, they're a lot more direct. And I think before, there was very much a matter of keep the ball. And you'd see it so often on the Hughes where the, the centre-backs just pass it around each other, back to Harry Lewis, back again. And there was almost a kind of, well, if we're keeping possession, that's us doing our job, but we're not doing anything with the ball. We're not we're not taking it in a place where where they, we can hurt the opposition, and that was that was part of the problem. And now, you know, we keep the ball less well. We know our possession stats are down, but we're much more direct, getting the ball forwards, and we're much more. This is what we're going to do in this situation, and you can see that in there. You know, Alexander's clearly spent time in the training field looking at certain scenarios with the players and going, if the ball is here you need to make this run forward, you need to go into this position here, you need to send the ball here. You can really see that coming through and it's a bit simplified in the game but it's it's just more kind of probably pitching it out league to players level and because of that the players now know what they're doing, they've got that purpose, they know what, what's expected when they have the possession and, and they're doing a lot more with it. So yeah, I think it's a really good example of that coaching coming through really and, and taking taking those players' games on another, another level to where they were before. And, and dare I say, if Graham Alexander had perhaps been in charge from the opening day of the season or the opening sort of week of the season, uh, Crawley away, we all know what happened there. But if he'd had a bit of a build-up into this season, do you think that perhaps City might be sat in the playoff position or, or even higher up? Yeah, very possibly. It's really interesting with Alexander because obviously he started at the season at MK Dons in the summer um, and he started really well for them. But there were complaints straight away about playing style from, from MK Dons supporters from obviously above him in the, in the boardroom that they wanted to play a much more aesthetic pleasing type type of football they didn't want the kind of directness and and the kind of win at all costs approach that actually at City we just want that at this moment in time we've had the opposite of that with Hughes of style over substance and trying to play a certain way and having principles even though sometimes that's to the detriment of results and you know Alexander obviously lost his way at MK Dons because of those kind of requirements he's now come to a club where we just want to win games obviously style is important to a point and it won't last forever if we are successful playing this kind of way, but I think very much so. We're very happy to sort of you know just see the ball not not notch long, be a bit more agriculture with our style, and and he's going to get get a bit found favour with that. So I think the stars are kind of lined a little bit really for Alexander coming to to Bradford City. He's taken over a decent squad that was in a tough position that needed a bit more direction and coaching, and he's got a fan base there that although they're on the edge of you know being a real frustration and very very impatient to things, we're happy almost to kind of see this kind of more basic style of football and just just to get some wins on the board and just to move in the right direction because we've had a year of passing football that has been not as entertaining as we would like it to have been. Just to change theme slightly and that's fan culture and why online there appears to be a a certain toxicity amongst supporters and it's not Bradford City, Um, I see it covering Manchester United for many years. Um, I was following social media closely yesterday evening when Tottenham were playing West Ham, um, and again at the weekend as well, or earlier on in the week rather, when Chelsea lost to Manchester United, there were a lot of disgruntled Chelsea fans. But why do you think across the board there just appears to be this kind of ill-feeling toxicity, if you like, amongst supporters? And and it's often, you know, supporters of the same club falling out with one another. 
Yeah, it's it, it really has changed over the last few years, hasn't it? I mean, people always say social media's not great and et cetera, et cetera. It's toxic, et cetera. But I think it, it does seem worse. The thing that where I noticed it really changed was, was COVID and the pandemic, to be honest. Right. And I felt Interesting. like, Interesting. especially at Bradford City, there was a case, obviously, that you know the season end midway through, the point where the season kind of came to an abrupt halt for us. We just lost to Salford. We weren't in a great place. The promotion hopes were kind of dying. And it was almost like we spent the next eight, nine months before the season, next season began in that kind of mood that you're in after a defeat where everyone's just really angry and upset, etc. You just couldn't move past that. And I feel like it's difficult, isn't it? I think with the pandemic, it was hard for everyone because we all lost a lot in our lives. We had a lot less purpose and a lot less stuff going on, which meant we were probably a bit more focused on on things like our football club when even though there wasn't anything happening. And I think that probably has made it it did, did sort of change that mood a little bit. And I think since that, it's almost like a hangover. That's still that when we, when you lose a game, you get very angry online, you get upset with other people, you have really strong arguments. We've probably lost some of our social skills, I think, as, as yeah. human beings. I've noticed that in my, even in my job, like going back to, you know, the office and interacting with people, it's, it's not quite the same as it used to be. And there's still that kind of online argument kind of element gone into life now. And I think that's just the way where things have gone a little bit, really. We've probably all lost a little bit of that empathy with each other and kind of that ability to see the opposite viewpoint. It all is very much, you're in your own trench, you have that belief, and nothing's going to change you from that belief, no matter what evidence you might see in front of you or what other people might say. So it is hard, and I think at times we can all feel it. I think, for me, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, it was, it was draining my mental health, to be honest. It was like, I need to turn off Twitter, I need to just get away from it, because... I was getting a lot of angry messages. A lot of people were very upset about some of the coverage we'd put on the, about Bradford City. And you just thought, I don't need this, actually. Yeah. It's a Friday night. Why, yeah. am I, why am I sat here looking at my phone feeling really stressed and upset when I should be relaxing with my family? Um, and I think that's, that's, that's the challenge, isn't it? I think for all of us that, you know, you can look at it sometimes and just feel incredibly depressed by it all. Um, I think social media is great. I think Twitter is great. I think there's loads of fantastic things about the way as a community we can interact that I'm old enough to remember long before the internet and how as football fans interacted then was very different and much more cut off. But there's all that, there's all that downside of it as well. And I think the, the emotion can get a bit too high. And I think as a football club, any football club, it must be quite difficult because you've got to have a certain amount of detachment to it really and think, yes, people are really upset now. You get a lot of that, but actually how much of that is actually real life and how much do you need to take a step back and go, we can't run a football club based on the mood on social media because you'd be changing things all the time if that was the case. No, that's a really good answer, Jason. And I'll thank you for that. And I encourage people to listen to, to that as well because I think what, what can often get lost when um, people are having debates on social land is the mental health people and, and you know, we all need to look after each other a little bit better. I'm probably guilty of it myself sometimes when, I'm, when I've criticised players in the past uh, and had debates with people. But yeah, no, some really good points there, Jason. Thank you for that. And you mentioned, in fact, Salford in that answer. What are you expecting this weekend? It's a really interesting game, this, isn't it? I mean, I looked at Salford's form before. They've not won in six. They haven't won a league game since the end of October. So it's a classic thing. Oh, for no, anybody. don't say yeah. that. Absolutely, oh. City fans thinking the same way. Oh, here we go, another team out of form coming to Valley Parade, and and will no doubt do do us over. Well, um, he, I'm going to say there because he he must be under real pressure then. Salford Man must be under real pressure yeah. then. If that's the case, that I mean, you know, very um, well sort of publicised and documented their journey, which has been fantastic. Graham Alexander, of course, was a massive part yeah. of that. But that run will have to end soon for them, won't it? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting moment for them because Salford have built this reputation, which they don't like clearly, of 
been been trigger happy with managers and getting rid of them really quickly. Obviously, with Neil Wood, they've tried to stick with him and they got to the playoffs last year, which is a good achievement. But was really obviously a bit of a post playoff hangover this year, not hitting that same heights, not being able to find that form. At what point do they go right? We need to make change of manager here because Salford have got massive ambitions, big budgets. They do not expect to be in the bottom half of League Two at this moment in time. Do they? Do they just stick with the manager all the way through this time and see what that happens? But yeah, I do think you almost wonder. If if Salford comes to again against us, if, you know, if, if we continue our winning run um, on Saturday, what would that mean actually at Salford? Would you see a change of manager going on there? Um, it'll be it'll be really interesting, especially before the transfer window as well, because if you're going to make a managerial change, you're probably going to make it before January, ideally, aren't you? If you think about trying to save the season, so yeah, probably a, a really big game for them. A big game for us, obviously. We've got the momentum and the feel good factor, and you just think if we can just win this one tomorrow, it would just really send everyone's excitement levels really that next level, I think, really, and just sort of show that actually there is some substance behind this. Because, you know, there is arguments to say we've played some very easy teams. It's not, you know, the Football League trophy games, as, as, as important as, as they've been for confidence, we've played Liverpool's kids, we played a, a, a scratch uh, Barnsley team, and we played Forest Green away, who aren't great. And so, you know, there is that element. But if we beat Salford, albeit they're not in great form either, I think it just shows there is more to it, really. So you're just hoping for a nice, thumping Bradford City win, warm up in the December cold, and hopefully looking upwards in that, you know, where are we in the league table at come five o'clock? How, how close are we to the playoffs? So what you're saying there, Jason, is Mark Hughes to Salford on Sunday evening. <laughs> you know what? Stranger things have happened, haven't they? You know, hey, well, you know, have you got a prediction, a score prediction, Jason, just to end with? <laughs> I'll go for a 2 1 victory for ourselves. Um, I think it'll be quite a tough game. You know, Matt Smith's a handful for them, isn't he? He's a really good player at this level. Um, I don't know if Elliot Watts bit. I know he's had a lot of injury problems this season. Um, but I think they'll give us a tough game, but I think we'll just sneak it. Do check Jason's workout on the width of the post. He's got a fantastic team there producing great Bradford City content. Jason, keep up the good work on that. And thank you, mate, for the, uh, well, the, the preview, the review. I, I mean, like I said at the beginning, it feels like we've had three seasons in one. But um, look forward to going to the match with you tomorrow, mate. Cheers, thank you. Take me home.